You're listening to Mission Lab. Mission Lab. From our living new man, Ray. Here's our parents, Sean and Camille Brace. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Mission Lab. This is episode 108, which I have titled Disciple Making as Love Making. Yes, a provocative title if there ever was one. But I just want to get right into my topic today because I want to share with you an experience that I had uh, probably three or four years ago. Um, when I was visiting, hanging out with a friend of mine that I spent a lot of time with. I actually shared this in my forthcoming book, Hooray, the forthcoming book, which I will probably shamelessly plug early and often. But um, I I, I would get together every week with a friend of mine who is an older Jewish gentleman. And of course, since COVID, uh, we have not been able to get together anymore. But we used to get together every week at Yes, that wonderful place, Bagel Central. And um, we would just get together to talk about various uh, philosophical ideas, very various theological and religious ideas. He uh, has never been um, explicitly uh, open to converting to Christianity. And in fact, he has expressed a significant... Um, a significant aversion to and discomfort with the idea of conversion, which is actually not all that, um, uh, not all that uh, strange. Um, Jews, uh, just for reference, um, they do, they do not actually try to convert people to Judaism. In fact, they almost discourage it. Now, I don't want to speak, you know, as though every Jew is the same, uh, but generally speaking. Uh, and within within Jewish communities, um, there is not only an aversion to, but a hostility towards the idea of conversion. And I'm not even talking about other people trying to convert them. I'm talking about them trying to convert other people. Um, they feel that um, their their role in the world is one of such grave responsibility that um, they're not quite clear why they would want to place that burden upon other people. And when people, you know, come to them and express the idea that they might want to convert to Judaism, they'll say something like, well, why would you want to do that? And they try to discourage them. So not only, however, do they sort of um, have an aversion to trying to convert other people, they are very sensitive about others trying to convert them. And um, that's, that's, that's very understandable when you consider the history of you know, various crusades, Christian crusades or um, inquisitions where there have been forced conversions. Um, and so that's that's understandable. And in that regard, uh, I would say Jews are generally a lot like, um, you know, let's say uh, general atheists or skeptics or, you know, secular humanists today. There, There's just... And we've talked about this before, and we had a, a whole conversation with a whole group of our missional community. Um, 
there is a strong suspicion of and antagonism towards the idea of trying to convert other people. And this is not at all um, strange. And, and I would be skeptical of people who are trying to convert me. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm not opposed to people wanting to, you know, invite me into their understanding of faith. But if it is, if it is very um, narrowly focused on that, singular task, then it feels like you're being used as an object of conquest. And so I totally get it. And, um, so, so anyway, my friend and I, we just hang out. Uh, he's a very, very intelligent man. And I've openly told him, I'm not trying to convert you. I just want to have a good conversation because it's, I, I just love learning about other, other people. I just love learning about their faith, their philosophy, um, just because I find it fascinating and because I find it helps me, you know, become a better person to become a better Jesus follower. And so he and I used to just hang out, you know, every week and, and just chat about different philosophical, theological, religious ideas. Well, one day he, um, he said he stumbled on our website and, uh, that is our church website, bangorsda.org. And he said it was really interesting. He really appreciated it. He really enjoyed it. Um, it just kind of gave this this wonderful uh, feeling of of genuine love and compassion and inclusivity. And he said, however, there's one thing that made me feel uncomfortable. And um, he said, uh, I, I went to the page where you guys expressed your values, and there's there's things like community and you know inclusivity and so forth but he said there was one of those values that i was felt very uncomfortable with he said um there's a a value there about quote disciple making and he said what that made it sound like is that you guys were focused on trying to convert people and trying to make them seventh-day adventist christians and he said that's 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 nothing I've detected in your posture, speaking of me. And so I was not only uncomfortable with it, but I was a little confused by by why you would have that. And so he goes, you know, could you kind of explain what that was all about? Now, that gave me a lot to think about. And um, as we have, you know, ha recorded in the past, we've we've asked the question, are we just trying to convert people? Is that what it means to be missional? We've acknowledged that there is this tension in some ways um, where on the one hand, we are not necessarily trying to convert people, but on the other hand, we have a story that we are excited about and we want to participate in and we do want others to, to experience the joy and the love and the and the good news and the and the deliverance from shame and fear, uh, we do want them to experience that. And so there's this tension that exists. And um, I've talked to various other even Christians who it's it seems and and again we've done a, a previous episode on this. It seems as though there are more and more Christians even those who might call themselves, in, a, in the broadest sense of the term, evangelical or people who, 
who recognize that there is a place for personal conversion, um, but who are nevertheless more and more uncomfortable with the idea of trying to, quote, convert other people. And so his, his concern registered with me with great force. And, and so I sat there in my chair and I kind of, you know, turned, turned a little bit and, and moved in my chair a little bit. And I said, okay, well, how am I going to, how am I going to address this? How am I going to explain this? How am I going to not kind of like fool him, but how will I, how will I, you know, present it in a way that strikes that balance that I myself wrestle with? Because again, on the one hand, not just trying to convert people. On the other hand, there is something that we uh, value that, and we do this not only with, you know, faith, but also, hey, just ate at this new restaurant, you should totally go. Or, hey, you know, just watch this new show on Netflix. You would love it. You should watch it. Um, obviously, the the uh, associations with those two different things are a little different because the religious uh, evangelism, so to speak, is wrapped up with all sorts of historical and shame-based implications at times. Um, and it's like on the eternal plane, not just the, Hey, this is a nice thing you should do with an hour of your free time on a Thursday night, you know? Um, so anyway, so, th- so as I was sitting there shifting in my chair, I was thinking, okay, what, what should I say? What should I say? And so this is what I said to him. I said, you know, what? I look at it this way and maybe we've explained this in the past, but, um, it's worth revisiting. I said, I look at it this way. My goal in life is to help others know and feel and experience love. I think as a Christian, and, and now I'm now I'm now pausing and explaining to you, not exactly using all the words that I explained to him. Um, but I think as a Christian, BTW, just is just a little side for you. I think that ultimately you, dear Jesus follower should and would want other people to experience love. I knew also that my Jewish friend believed in the power and importance of love. And I think most people, um, barring perhaps the most conservative of conservative religious people, be they Jewish, Muslim, Christian, etc., I would think most people would think it would be a good thing for others to experience love. And even those in those conservative fundamentalist groups would say it in theory, of course, oh, every Christian thinks that everyone should experience love. Um, Of course they believe that, but um, I would just posit that it is not of prime importance to such people, it seems. But nevertheless, somebody like my Jewish friends, somebody like, you know, other Christian friends, I think we can all agree that it is important that others would experience love. And so I want to be, I want to be friend. I want to be an agent of love. I want others to experience love. I want others to know love. I want others to feel love. I want others to be loved. But here is the dilemma I have, and I've used this analogy a lot. If I want others to experience love and if I want to be an agent of love, there are only so many people that I, 
Sean William Brace have the ability to touch with love. There are there are all, there are a finite number of people, and in fact, I would posit that there are actually very few people in the world that I have the ability to impact to any significant degree with love. So, um, and, and I would also just posit, of course, that um, in order for for love to take its to to, to reach its full height and depth with a person, we have to go deep with them. We have to know them really well. We have to love them really well. We have to understand their story. And so that takes a lot of time and investment and, 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 uh, and attention. And so in order to really truly go deep in love, it takes time, it takes investment, it takes attention. And so by its very nature, I am very limited in the degree to which I can impact the world with this love. I can preach about love. That's really nice and important. I can share a podcast about love. I can write books about love. Those things are good and important and have their place. But even those have their limits. Not everybody's going to read my book, believe it or not. Not everybody's going to listen to this podcast. Not everybody's going to log on to Facebook and hear me talk about it. But even if, in theory, everybody could... Um, that would only be one dimension of love and it would not be the totality of it. And so in order for someone to experience the totality of love, they have to experience it in the flesh and in the person in person. So all that is to say is that I have a very limited ability to impact other people to significant degrees with love. So what it therefore requires, dear friend, is for me to impact a person to such a degree with love that they themselves would step into love and be enveloped in love and to be formed by love and to grow in love such that they then also pass that love on to others. And so the only way, the only possible way that the world can be impacted by love to that degree is to engage in love-making, disciple-making. All right? You follow me, friends? You've already got here a lot sooner than I explained it. I like to sometimes tell my church that our, it's been a while since I've said this, but our mission, our goal as a church is not simply to love people. That's, although that's really, really, really important. Our goal as a church is to love people to such a degree that they would not only be embraced by love, but that they would embrace others with love. So in other words, we are multiplying the love making. We are multiplying our, uh, and we are growing our love making footprint. So that's what disciple making is at the core. Now, I explained this to my Jewish friend and much to my surprise and excitement, he said, yeah, that makes sense. I like that. I really like that. Now, 
and I wasn't just doing the sleight of hand where I was saying, Hey, you know, this is what I am saying, but I really, what I really mean is that I'm just trying to convert you to Jesus. Um, of course, of course, I believe that the fullest experience of love can only be fully experienced, um, through the love of Jesus. Yes, of course, I believe that. And I think that's important. Um, so, you know, that's part of the, that's part of the puzzle, but I want to make sure that we understand and appreciate that the heart of disciple making, the reason we make disciples is because we are trying to make love. And I love that idea. I love that imagery. Now, of course, I love that imagery. You know, I'm not mean in that sense, but I just love that idea that this is the heart of, of disciple making. This is the heart of what it means to to form people in Jesus, to form people in the gospel. And the question then comes to me, do I want people, do I really want people to experience and be healed by and to be embraced by love? And if I do, if I do, then I will set my 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 mind, my heart, my actions, my emotions, my behavior, I will set my course upon that 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 path. And I will say, okay, I want to be a part of a love making movement. Again, I believe, of course, that necessarily means that I will take up the Jesus way. I will take up the the work of the gospel because I do not believe that a person can fully attain to the the height of love outside of the Jesus story. And uh, I know that's a little presumptuous of me, perhaps, but I'll just tell you what I've experienced. So so that's what disciple-making is all about. And that's why I want to encourage you, dear listener, to understand that there is an important place for disciple making there is an important place now again not in a not in a narrow one-sided um ulterior motive type of way but just know that there are people out there who are longing for love and i could tell you a story there's a young man and maybe i'll have him on the podcast in the near future, he he started journeying with our church, and he shared his story, and he went from basically being an agnostic to a, a full-on follower of Jesus. And he described how, you know, five years ago he was miserable, contemplating, you know, taking his own life, and 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 people just just started showing up in his life who who pointed him to Jesus, and it suddenly gave him hope. And so that was just a reminder to me, and it was a reminder to a number of us in our our church that there are people out there who are longing for hope. They're longing for love. And for me to to have a, a discomfort with sharing my faith and sharing God's love, I, I might be I might be uh, robbing someone else of the very thing that could give them hope. Again, I'm not advocating for us just indiscriminately, you know, walking down the streets of our city and and shouting out "repent" or you know, "you better be converted." I'm, that's not what I'm talking about. But I am I am talking about us learning to cooperate with the Spirit, 
learning to 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 align ourselves with the spirit and being willing to extend that love first in deed i.e that is in action and when appropriate and in cooperation with the spirit adding proclamation adding adding words to that 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 action and uh, that that may never come that 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 time may never come where i am uh I, I am in a position to to you know explicitly talk about the jesus way but that doesn't mean i stop acting in the jesus in the jesus way so so that's my encouragement to you it's a very simple thought just think of disciple making as love making think about wanting to to extend love to more and more and more people. So if I can invest in a single individual and I can love them up and I can embrace them with God's love such that not only they feel the love, but they they are changed by that love and then they extend that to somebody else and the same thing happens with them, now we are, now we are starting a world-altering movement a, 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 a powerful, you know, viral movement that is spreading the love around the world. And so that's what I want to be about. I don't want to apologize for wanting to make disciples. I'm not going to do it in a way that only invests in people until they very explicitly say they don't want to be a part of the Jesus way. I'm going to still invest in them, love on them. Um, you know, I'm not going to be uh, have conditions on my love, um, but I, 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 I'm not going to apologize for wanting people to experience more and more love and more and more people to to experience that love. Now, again, I always have to gar- you know check my motives, you know, and say, okay, why am I really doing this? Am I just kind of playing the long game here, where I'm investing in this person for ten years because at the end of ten years, then maybe it will pay off and they'll become a convert? That's not what this is about. I trust you understand the balance and the tension, but I just want to encourage you. Disciple making is love making. So thank you guys for listening. I hope you have uh, had your thinking stimulated a little bit and uh, would love to get your feedback. And uh, anyway, hope you have a great day. Thanks for tuning in and we'll catch up with you next time on Mission Lab. listening to Mission Lab. Our theme song is Portland Hike by Tiny Music. Additional editing by Chris Ogang. Follow us on Twitter at MLabPodcast.